Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 55 of the F-Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth. I am Adam and that's Tanner. Tanner is a certified financial planner and the president and founder of Harmony Wealth. Harmony Wealth is a fee-only financial planning and wealth management firm. Uh, To learn more about Harmony Wealth, visit HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Before we get into this episode, if you like what we're doing here, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Uh, Tanner, when it comes to personal finance investments, stocks, anything money-related, there's a lot of content produced uh, for people to consume, from books to training seminars or podcasts and YouTube videos like we're doing right now with the F-Sharp podcast. Uh, So when it comes to consuming that content, what voices should you listen to and how can we decipher what is quality and what is maybe biased, deceptive, or simply wrong? So um, (laughs) that is my fancy lead into this episode. Um, So hopefully that was um, good. Um, Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Um, I wrote it. So of course it's good. Well done. It was not AI written. Um, (laughs) And I'm being sincere with that. Yeah, no, good Um, job. This episode is called, Who Are the Voices You Are Listening To? Um, Anybody, I'm guessing most of our listeners um, don't know exact demos, but I'm sure everybody's on social media. And like my social media, a lot of um, personal finance topics, money-related accounts come through various different things, whether it's posts or reels or whatever. Um, So I might be a little bit different. By I like seek out the dumb <laughs> and then send it to you. Um, so, yeah, it, it, for me, it's a little entertaining, but I, I could see um, danger lurking for a lot of people that actually might be looking for an answer on a particular thing. So, where do yeah. you want to start? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you you posed the question of of. Well, it was a very big question, uh, but to kind of get the gist of it is, you know, where, where should people look and start? Um, and honestly, I don't know if that question is answerable. And, and I mean that in the most sincere way. Uh, I would say here, but I mean, I'm going to, throughout this episode, basically crap all over a lot of people who put out content on financial planning, about investments, about any of that. So even ours, and, and we've said it before, you should be questioning the things we say and i welcome that that's perfectly fine i have no issues with that um and and that's what we should be doing anytime that you're taking in content or taking in advice or reading something because it's just there is just so much out there anymore and there's so much money to be made that i would say the people who are probably the biggest money maker and some of the most famous for being quote unquote experts are probably the people who are not the experts. Um, 
you know, I'm going to assume if we would take it into a different realm, I'm going to assume that our smartest doctors in this nation are doing research or are being actual doctors and helping people. And yeah, maybe they'll jump on a podcast from time to time to help, you know, get some information out there, but they're, they're doing the thing. They're not on a television show. They're not running for office. You know, it's the same in my industry. It's the same in any industry. The people who are just out there talking, telling you, hey, I do this and I can 10x your returns. Well, right right there, you should not listen to that person because I'll tell you that person, if I could 10x my money, I would not be wasting my time with this podcast. I would not be wasting my time with Harmony Wealth. I would be spending every waking moment I have continuing to churn out 10x returns. And then I'd go buy some private island and do, you know, retire. So no one is going to have the secret sauce to 10x your money or do this or do that. And then just, oh, let me just share it with you for free. Like that doesn't exist. No one works for free. Right. No and one that's works how for they're free. 10xing their business by selling you something. Well, it's either that or, I mean, a lot of the people who are on YouTube, um, you know, they're trying to get viewers. They're trying, it's not about the content being accurate, it's about the content being engaging and, and eliciting a response so that you continue to watch. Because then, if they have millions and millions of viewers, they're going to get paid because they have so many viewers based on ads and different things. It's not because their content is quality. They just have a bunch of people. So again, kind of reeling that back in, I don't know what advice to really give. I, I would say you need to seek out true experts and that can be difficult. Education is a good start. It's not the end all be all, but it is a really good start. You know, again, to keep it in the medical field, if you want to get some information on how to be healthier, I would rather go listen to someone who is an MD than take advice from me. I ha- I w- used to be an EMT for you know a couple of years. My advice is way less important than theirs, right? They have the knowledge. You should listen to them because they're the experts. So in the financial industry, it's harder because there isn't just this doctor you know, there isn't this hierarchy of stuff. There are certifications, but there are so many certifications and the, you know, the CFP, I'm very biased towards it because I have it. It also is the pinnacle. It is the best one in the industry. A lot of other ones that are below it claim that they're of equal merit and they're just not. But, you know, again, if you're not in the industry, you don't know those things. So it, it is very difficult, um, but we are going to hit on in this episode some of the big talking heads that people are probably going to be very aware of who these people are. And it's not to completely throw mud on their face. It's to just show, hey, maybe this person isn't the expert that they claim to be. And we need to validate why they claim to be an expert because anyone can claim to be an expert. There is no penalty for saying I'm an expert in this and not and actually not. So, you know, again, it's just go try to do some research on them, question the things that they say, ask for more information. We, you know, we, we welcome that on our podcast. If anybody has questions and people have written into us, you know, ask those, we'll follow up with you on it. So those are the types of things, I guess I would say that you, you need to look for. And, and hopefully some of the things we talk about throughout the rest of the episode will, will help as well. Yeah, and I think just the the way 
specifically you talk because you talk more than me, but um, <laughs> well, well, oh, thanks. Yeah, well, <laughs> just the nature of the the, the podcast. But um, a lot of the ways that you approach things is suggestive or give options to everything. That's not how lots of people that are trying to gain views and uh, the shock and awe do it. They they basically tell you. If you're not doing this, you're missing out on blah, 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 or you're an idiot, or this is the way in are hard and fast. So right. I hope I don't have to, you know, people that are listening, I don't have to explain that to you. I think they're here because of that, hopefully. So yeah. I, 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 I would agree. And I hope, I hope the same thing, but you're, you're exactly right. Um, if, if there is, if it's completely black and white, how do I want to say this? The financial industry is so complex. There are things that are simple, right? You can do math, two plus two is four. There are simple things that go along with finance, but finance and financial planning, and, and then you wrap in estate planning and taxes. And I mean, if you're really getting good advice, you're going to have all those things, insurance protection. So when you start bringing in all of these things, it becomes very, very complex. And that makes it very difficult to market and or sell people on something because complexity takes time. That's why our podcast, you know, like you had mentioned, we try to walk through and take little bite-sized pieces of things and give people options and say, well, you could do this or you could do this or this. To sell someone on something or to market or to do those types of things is you need to simplify it down to the easiest understandable possibility that you can because you're you're you don't care if they truly understand you're trying to elicit them to do something and and actually I apologize I should ask you that because you're the marketing expert what would you say the goal of marketing is oh something I can feel comfortable talking about <laughs> there we go perfect take it away i know you love it so much and i actually hate that word i hate but, marketing uh, it's a four-letter uh, word to me uh but um in general very simplified depending on how you view it but it, it, it's creating a communication or um a polished communication to elicit an emotional reaction between your product or whatever um you're producing to uh your intended consumer to take action um, so I think that's the simplest way to explain marketing. Uh, it's a very broad term. Sure. Um, well, of course. But And I like that. Now, let, let me follow up with that. If you're trying to create a marketing campaign and you're trying to elicit a response, aka buy something or do something or fear something or you know whatever it is, um, is it more or less effective to have a bunch of steps in there? Less. Exactly. So that's going back to the point I was making before, a couple of minutes ago, is a lot of this gets really watered down into, oh, well, it's just super simple. It's just this. Like, oh, you can 10x your money. Just put it into real estate. I don't know why you don't own a home. I don't know why you do anything else. Just rent your home, buy real estate. Don't put any money in the stock market. Super easy. Just do it. I've done it. Look at me. I'm rich. Yeah. Or oh wow. Okay. Well, I, well, well I want to be You'll rich. You'll never have to worry about no tenants or bad tenants or right. Right. All the headaches that come with it. You'll have perfect tenants. You'll just get rich. Exactly. And 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 that's not to 
let's not to throw mud on real estate because it happens in 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 uh uh money it happens in etfs it happens in bitcoin it happens in the uh the meme stocks that we did two years ago right like it's it's everywhere and it's i've already done this and i'm super rich you want to be like me so here do here pay me to tell you how to do this and then but there is no guarantee you're going to get the same results and you and you won't so that's the part where it gets very difficult and 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 the marketing part becomes it, it makes finance even more confusing because a lot of people are out there being like this stuff's super easy like why would you do that why would you it's just black and white like just do this and then you have people like me who no 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 like I have a CFP, I have a JD, like, no, we're going to think through all of these options. We're not going to just, well, here's the quickest and fastest way I can make a buck. Okay, well, that's not how I run my business. And that's not the information and advice that you should be seeking out. And that's where it's difficult. You have to go try to find the people that are providing all the options so that you can make the best choice for yourself rather than trying to elicit a re emotional response of, fear of missing out, anger, because those are the two main ones. And we've talked about that on other episodes too. You know, it's anger and it's fear are the two emotions that are easy, easiest to get people to do, do whatever the marketing wants you to do. So that's what they're playing on. We just have to try to be aware of it the best that we can. But um, it's tough. Because it's everywhere and it's in everything. And it's not just my industry. It's every industry. Every industry is selling you. You're either selling yourself or you're selling a product or you're selling an idea. Politics is all of it. I mean, it, it is literally everywhere. Everywhere and about everything. And we just get overstimulated with it. So it's tough. It's tough. Mm -hmm. All right. Where do you want to, who do you want to bash first? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's start with let's start with a little bit of data for everyone. Presumably, most, if not everyone listening, has some sort of social media, um, whether it's Facebook, X, you know, Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. The average is as you're scrolling through that, every two to three posts that you scroll through, you're going to get an ad. So as I was just saying, we are overstimulated with ads and every single one of these, because we're respond, overstimulated yeah. with them, they have to become even more aggressive, more outrageous, more whatever to grab your attention because instead of seeing, you know, 50 years ago driving down the highway and seeing 10 billboards a day, you see 10 ads in a matter of a minute scrolling through Instagram. So they have to be more out there to get your attention. And again, the unfortunate part with that is they're just doing their job. I'm not hating on marketing. Marketing is to try to help you buy Coca-Cola over Pepsi and why it's better. But the problem with it is, is it has kind of the truth has become secondary. The sale, getting the sale is primary. And so you do get a lot of kind of gray area things of grabbing people's attention. So the other question uh, that I heard the other day that I thought was wonderful when I was at a conference is, as you're going through, scrolling through Instagram or whatever, and you see these posts, are these ads that come through, are they affirming you? 
Are they saying, hey, you have an amazing life. Keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. Hey, are, you're, do, you're really happy. You have a great family. Hey, you have a great retirement plan. Props to you. Keep going. No, it's making you fear everything. It's saying, hey, that retirement you have, if you don't do this, it's going to zero. Hey, if you don't buy this for your kid, they're going to hate you. Hey, you know, whatever it is, it is not eliciting happy thoughts. It's eliciting something's bad's going to happen or I'm not good enough or I need to buy something to make someone else like me more. Something to that extent. It's always about playing off of that emotion. And as we said, fear and greed are the two easiest ones to play off of. So that's why it happens most of the time. Um, so kind of with that, you know, we've hit that it's not just financial industry, it's everywhere. It's all sorts of things, marketing's all over. Um, I just kind of want to go through some of the big talking heads. And again, this isn't to say that they don't know anything. This is just to show like they're quote unquote experts, but yet I don't know if people really do everyone or society. When I say people, society as a whole does enough digging and homework on them to, you know, really say and allow them to keep saying that they're experts because there's some pretty, pretty egregious ones here that I would say that right there should make you not be allowed to call yourself an expert. So I will actually let you pick Adam because you can see all three of these. So who would you like up first? Before I pick, I cannot wait till after we're done recording this to just see all these people's ads in my social media feed. So I'm just going to pick up my phone right now and say, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey. We're just going to get... <laughs> Pilfered with Dave uh, Ramsey videos. I do anyways right. just because them all. I watch them anyways just because I know uh, your disagreement with him and I always like to see the situations that uh, they talk about and how I would yep. do it completely different. Um, and uh, we can, we can, let's start with Dave Ramsey. Your choice. All right. Um, because I think Dave. of all the three that, and unless there's more, I think he's the best of the worst. Um, I actually very much agree with that statement. I very much agree. I don't think if you listen to Dave Ramsey, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, is there a better way to do it? Yes. Is it is it detrimental where you could lo- where we go back to where we started with the fear of missing it, out and all that kind of stuff and get sure. That's where I would disagree with you a little bit if you're but but then I laugh because all the people that call in are just idiot morons and have gotten themselves into a situation where, you know, if they were just a little bit more disciplined, they wouldn't even need him. But um, maybe that's self-serving. But um, but anyways, so you kind of didn't yeah. like what I said with getting yourself well, into trouble. But right, right. where do you so think Just he, to clarify that. Let's, let's give him a little compliment. Where do you agree with him or do you not even agree with anything at all oh no 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 i i actually i agree with you uh of the three i think he's he you know he's gonna be the best best of of the worst of what we're showing and and i want to throw him in the worst category i i will say this i think dave ramsey provides a great service to society and i've said this on an earlier podcast too and we've been kind of teasing this episode for quite a while now um i think dave ramsey provides an, a, a really really great service to people um, I just wish that he would stay in his lane. Like, 
your kindergarten, elementary school, like you're the basics. You're teaching people how to budget. You're teaching people don't rack up a bunch of credit card debt and pay 25% interest. You're teaching people, you know, literally what should be taught in high school. So let's just say you're, you, that's high school level. And that is perfectly fine because people need to know the basics. People absolutely need to know the basics. And unfortunately, the education system across the country as a whole does not do a good enough job of teaching personal finance. So I think he does a wonderful job with that. Now, where my rub is, is he then doesn't stop there. He's like, no, no, this is the pro league. And it's like, no, man, you ain't in the pros. Like, no, no, <laughs> just just stay where you're at and then let people go to college, right? And people go to college and then that is people who should be working with financial advisors who have passed licenses and actually give advice and are regulated. And if they do bad things or give bad advice, you can sue them because they're regulated by the government. And that's the basic financial advising world. And then there's the pro level. And that is once you get to the expert level of working with an advisor who does holistic financial planning and has a specialty area and knows about all the areas of financial planning and, and truly does all of that. So that's, I would say, where where the rub is. So I know something changed recently with compliance and laws and all that kind of stuff, but is it still true that the only reason he can produce that content and have specific situations that people call in and provide actual details and for him to provide advice is because he's not licensed and registered? Or has that changed? Absolutely. Okay. So most people don't Absolutely. know that. Um, so he does Correct. look like a hero because they're like, right. well, no one else is talking about it, and this guy's on my phone right now. Right. And that and makes that a lot of sense. Well, Tanner ain't producing that content because he literally can't. Correct. <laughs> and that, and if you've, you know, for any of our listeners that have, you know, followed all of our episodes, there's numerous times where I'm like, I can't make that. I can't give that as advice. This, or I'll throw out a disclaimer. This is not advice. You need to talk like, because I can't regulations do not allow me to, because I don't know who's listening and I don't know their specific situation. And even if someone called in, there's no way that I could give a recommendation off of them telling me two minutes worth of their life. Yep. But if you don't have a uh, a license, you could, like Adam. If people called in, I could and I it. was not part of this. You could. Yep. You could tell people whatever that you makes wanted. Sense. Yeah. Uh, right. So, but that's that's where we're at. You know, and if it annoys you, I doubt that you've lasted fifty five episodes. But if you are, but um, <laughs> if you're annoyed that we talk in generalities and and don't ever address specific things, that's why. Um, or Tanner uh, yeah. specifically, but you yeah. know, about a year ago, I I actually started following and enjoyed um somebody's content. She produced just basic like um, situations of but you know type of budgeting and how to leverage and and do basic forms of investment and how to take the situation of you know how to do everything. Just put on mm -hmm. a piece of paper, salary. XYZ, they're 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 wise of um entertainment or food or whatever they valued and and she she would um write it on a piece of paper and give her suggestion. Then she stopped because she got licensed and she had a really successful following, um, like hundreds of thousands of followers, but she gave that up because mm -hmm. she couldn't legally do it anymore. Um right. so just you know. It sounds 
you know, rudimentary or basic for us, not, not for me, but more for you because you taught me that. Um, but for the, the average Joe, they probably don't know that. You don't know that. Correct. That you don't know lot. that. Um, Correct. And Dave and, you know, Dave and everyone says, says that he's a financial expert. I, I would actually, this is where the expert title where I question that and is teaching people the basics of finance that have been around since the history of money is not being an expert in something. Yeah. So at this point, where the hell would expert. he get licensed? I mean, because he's already built oh, the other side of it. He absolutely should not. So. <laughs> right. He absolutely should not. And that's the thing. I don't fault the business model at all. Right. It's, it is, whether it's being said or whether it's being implied, there's a boatload of people out there in this country that think what he says is the end-all, be-all, the best financial planning. There is no one smarter. And that's just not the case. That's just not the case. And in in case in point, the loan one. This is one of the ones that just bothers me. Yep. Let's get into so his, his methods and his philosophies. Yep. His method is the waterfall. I, I think he calls it a waterfall. It doesn't matter if he doesn't. Snowball. But it's basically snowball. That's fine. Whatever it is. So if you have a bunch of loans, let's say you have five of them, you pay the minimum amount on all five, and then you go to the smallest balance one, and you pay any extra money you can on that until it's gone, and then you take that money and apply it to the next smallest one, and it becomes this snowball effect. Sounds sexy. To make sounds you feel great. Good. Correct. Now, I created an example, an extreme example, but one to show the idiocy or potential idiocy of this uh, plan. So to make it simpler, let's just say we have two loans. You have a student loan for $100,000 at 6.8% because that's what the government charges. Student loan is uh, for 15 years. I did the math on this. Monthly payments would be $888. If you take all 15 years to pay that, total interest paid on that loan would be about $60,000 if you pay if you just paid over 15 years. Now loan number 2. You have a car loan for $50,000. You got it at 3%, which I understand right now would be very low, but a year ago it wasn't that low or a year and a half mm -hmm. ago that was not not that low for an auto loan. And I need to just I'm I'm making this a little bit more exaggerative to show why this is why his way is can actually cost you tons of money. So car loan, 50000 at 3%. Car loans are typically five years, so 60 months. Monthly payments on that would be $900, so almost the same. Total interest paid would be about $4,000 if you took all five years to pay that. So what Dave would say is, well, your car loan is the smallest one. So you have an extra $250 a month to put towards loans, put it on the car loan. Pay that off first. Pay the minimum on the student loans. Doesn't matter what the interest rates are. Only focus on which one has the lowest balance. If you did that, um, where's my numbers here? If you did that, you would save a little bit under $1,000 in interest by paying off the car loan sooner. However, 
it would cost you almost $21,000 in interest on the student loans if you would have just switched the So are you going to save 1000 Right. To get charged 21000 Right. Just so you can feel a little bit better so that one of them's done sooner. And he's and basing again, it off the fact that you are going to fail at being disciplined to keep keep going by attacking the highest yes. interest rate first, which is ridiculous. Right. But so, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's problem number one. He, his system is expecting you, his loyal listener, to fail. That shouldn't give you a lot of hope. Um, and secondly, it's fundamentally wrong. You should always pay, and I will say this one, you should always pay down the highest interest rated one first. Don't care. And it happened like, with me. I mean, oh, good for me with student loans. Very similar. I had, over the four years I went to school, I had varying uh, interest rates. Um, and it like part of me, of my stupid monkey brain went, maybe I should just pay the small one just so I don't have to log into that separate stupid account <laughs> and take an extra 30 seconds of my day or just set up auto payment. Duh. Um, and then it makes it even worse now that auto payment is a thing. Um, right. But you just lay it out an amortization schedule and just do the math and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then you set right. your reoccurring payment and you do nothing. Right. So in my in my example, which again is an extreme one, so right. normal ones would be somewhere less of a gap, but still in my example, would you rather save a thousand dollars or save twenty one thousand dollars? I'll choose twenty one thousand. And I guess I mean that that's just me. Again, we can probably agree, and Dave would agree that you probably shouldn't have a car loan at fifty thousand dollars if you're struggling. Or holy crap, student loan a hundred thousand sure. dollars. That's a lot. Um, but. That's I wouldn't say that right. that is this was just an that outlandish of a, an example though. Um, no, it's not. It absolutely is not. I mean, I work I work with clients, so that that is not an outlandish amount of the debt. biggest one I'm that I hear is is the is the mortgage um, at, when you have a low mortgage, and it's just this becomes this a, a, a low interest rate mortgage, and it just becomes this obsession of it, it's a daunting number because mortgages are are usually large. They're huge. And so it's like, well, we just need to get that down. It's like, well, if you do the math and it's at a 2.75 or 3% in this situation, it's not that much in interest that you're paying. So correct. You just got to do the math. Um, the math will right. make the decision for you. Hopefully you know how to do the math. Right. Um, right. But And with that one, you know, there's a discussion to be had. How long are you going to be in the house? Different, you know, yeah. or how long do you expect to be in the house? Different things like that. Um, that one's a little bit, can have a little bit more gray with the house, but, um, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's one of the ones where I'm like, I wouldn't say that that's an expert level analysis of a situation. If you're just going to say everyone needs to snowball this or waterfall this or whatever, because there are situations that you definitely shouldn't do that. Yeah. So I guess a big part um, of my then, situation there that I forgot to leave out was I want to pay oh, off yeah. my mortgage and then I'll invest. I think that's what I oh. forgot to... That's what you're meaning. Let's yep. pay off the mortgage first, and then I can just throw all this chunk at, in investment. It's like, well. Right, but you miss out on the compounding interest right. of those amount of years. And if your loan is at 3%, and again, I cannot make this advice to everyone because every situation is different. And housing does have some gray area with it. But if you have a 25 or a 3% interest rate that you're paying on your house, 
but you can pretty easily get six, 7% in the market, you're doubling your return by putting the money in the market because paying down that house quicker is saving you two and a half or 3% in interest versus gaining six to seven. So that's what Adam is, is talking about there. Um, and then the last one, just kind of wrap it up. The other one that really annoys me when I've watched his show is he's always talking about these slick, these slick advisors. Got to watch out for them. The slick, got a lot of slick on them. Says it all the time. Um, I don't watch this yeah. guy, so you're going oh, yeah. to have to carry this one. I read half his book, no, and it's then fine. I was like, this is... So he talks about you got to watch out for the slick advisors. Now, if he would have just stopped there, I would have agreed because there are, and we talk about it, I hammer my industry all the time. There are a lot of bad advisors out there, and I apologize to society that you have to sift through this because you shouldn't have to, and it sucks. But what I don't like is Dave points out all these quote-unquote slick advisors, and then he says, but you should come get a Ramsey certified trusted advisor. Just go to our website We've vetted them. We've whatever. Well, here I've I've looked that up. What it takes, from what I understand, because I did not go through the entire vetting process. So, oh, we're still I don't with Dave. I thought that. we moved on to somebody else. Sorry. No, yeah, yep. we're yeah, still with Dave. Um, is from what I have what what I've read from other people who have gone through the process is it's about a five minute conversation with the advisor. So I don't know how much vetting you can do of said advisor. And the biggest thing is as long as advisor pays somewhere between six and $900 a month to be a part of the Ramsey trusted services, they're a part of it. So I don't know how you're getting rid of the quote unquote slick advisors when people are paying to play to put your stamp mm-hmm. of approval over them, but you're not actually that's really vetting them. Marketing. I'm just right. right. So he's it getting is. it two ways. And, and that's the part. It is. It is, but it's again. Then, then you, you know, like that to me is slick. Like, hey, watch out for this slick stuff over here. Come, let me give you the good stuff. But the people are paying me to be part of what I'm calling good stuff. That seems a little slick too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, he does put out a lot of good basic content. So, if anyone is listening to our podcast and the stuff that we've been talking about is above what you're at absolutely go listen to dave's stuff like it is the building blocks of financial planning it and i i will give him kudos to that it is that and then once you've mastered that you got you got to graduate that's the biggest part you don't stay in high school forever you got to graduate and you got to go to college and keep learning and then and then go to the pros so he really takes from the front end and the back end when he gets somebody to sign up for financial peace university, he gets the consumer's money. And then, Oh, by the way, you're being advised by a Ramsey certified advisor and I'm getting money from him too, him or her. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know about it. The, like his education classes or seminars or yeah. any of those things. I just know about the, Interesting. Um, the radio show and then being, you know, a part, and he has it for everything. I mean, it's CPAs, it's realtors, it's they're, they're all part of it. And you just pay, pay Dave, or well, I'm not Dave, but pay Dave's company, and and we'll say that you're you're not slick. Mm. Okay. I hope we, uh, as so. we interlude here, I hope we uh, can fix your. You went to Mars here on on the YouTube channel. Um, you're, you're slowly coming back to Earth. I hope I can fix your video with local recording, but <laughs> oh. if we can't, apologize uh, for for Tanner's Mars signal. 
Um, but that's interesting. Well, I mine looks fine on my computer, uh, so I don't know what what's going on. You look like you're pixelated, but hopefully we'll fix it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, apologies to everyone. You turned into a robot for a little bit, but um podcast form always will be high quality but uh yeah um so who do we want to you know aim our sights at next your call i'm letting you drive the boat (sighs) drive the boat el capitan uh we're gonna go to the rich pad rich dad poor dad author and i don't even know how to say his last name um the asian dude with the glasses robert kiyosaki there you go robert kiyosaki (laughs) um so how did he become that uh successful with writing that book or where did he come from because i've only you know seen a couple of of digital creations from him but i've also read half his book and i stopped reading it because it was pretty mm, basic Mm -hmm. yep so again it is this one is worse this is this is below dave um (laughs) um the book he wrote, and maybe some of our listeners have read it, it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I have not read it. Um, if anybody wants to buy my book, I will gladly sell it to you for like a dollar. <laughs> so from what I understand, it is a collection of what are claimed to be true stories he learned from his rich dad and his poor dad. And it, again, goes over the basics of finance. Buy assets, not liabilities. Spend less than you make. None of these things are novel concepts that make you an expert. It is just knowing the basics. Like if if you're a human being in this country and you have money, you should know those two things. Spend less than you make. Like that's so I guess everyone's an expert then if if everyone knows that. So um so anyway, he wrote this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, became a best bestseller. Good for him. Perfectly fine. No issues there. It's just a spin on a different way of telling, um, you know, the building blocks again. Kudos. And no issues there. Um, since then, is for him, is kind of where I'm questioning, okay, well, where's this expert level authority? You, you wrote a book on basics of finance. Got lucky that it became a bestseller, made a bunch of money off of it, and now you've been being interviewed all the time and continue to be interviewed all the time, and you continue to be wrong all the time with your claims. But it's that one guy that wrote that one book that one time. Well, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, at what point? I mean, he has been over for over 10 years. He has been calling for not a recession, a collapse of the American government and system and like the entire stock market. Okay, well, we're still waiting. (laughs) Like at some point, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So we are going to have a big recession. Then I'm sure he'll be there and be like, see, I told you so. Mm -hmm. But you've been saying it's going to happen very soon. And you've been selling a lot of seminars and a lot of. I presume follow-up books and he had coaching and he has all these different things. I don't know if they're still going on, but I know they were going on at one point in time based off of this stuff is definitely happening. Well, it hasn't happened. So again, to me, I'm just very confused. 
why are people continuing to interview this person? Like if you're wrong consistently, that's not expert level advice. It's not expert level knowledge. That's just someone stating something. And then like, again, I just, I, I see articles or interviews of stuff from him weekly and it's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. And and then the funniest part is in his book where he talks about, um, you know, the, the basics, right? One, one of them that I do know that's in there is, you know, buy assets, not liabilities. Great, great fundamental thing to teach people. Well, now his stuff that he's on, on YouTube and wherever, he's talking about how he's a billion dollars in De- debt yeah, or something like it. that. And he doesn't... He doesn't pay for anything, and everything he owns is based on debt. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what, what a, well, what count. a turn of events here! Like, yeah, oh, now, now it's different. Yeah. So again, it's just, it's confused. But if you don't do the research, like, I didn't know a lot of this stuff until I'm like, oh, wait a second, this doesn't seem right, and I'm in the industry, so it's easier for me to pick up on some of these cues than it is for other people who are not in the industry to pick up on them, just like it would be for, you know, we use medical all the time. I have a met uh, a doctors that are clients of mine, just like if they listen to a podcast that another doctor is putting on, they're going to pick up things that are going to go right over my head because they know the lingo. They know what's being said. They know whether things seem accurate or whether mm. things are being stretched. Like, so this stuff it's easy for me to spot. And then I go do the research in this. And then I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, th- this is super hypocritical. And how, why are people continuing to interview? So that's, uh, and then I don't know, numerous businesses that have, that have filed bankruptcy. So, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, throughout his life. So not really sure where the expertise in financial advice and planning comes from, but that's what society says is he's also one of our financial experts. So let's hit on the last one and we can kind of wrap it up here. Um, Bitcoin lady. <laughs> well, is, somewhat this, Bitcoin this lady. This is how the marketing guy views people. Uh, I could, I, I know this person face, but yeah. And then I put name to face Kathy Wood. Yep. Yep. While you talk yep. about her, I'm going to so, go see if, uh, Kiyo, Kiyoyat, what is his name? Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. What his uh, what he has for his Instagram bio? <laughs> See if he calls himself a financial expert. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I think guru. I think is oh. what I I saw at one point. Um, so Kathy Wood, another one. She is actually in the financial industry. She runs a. Um, she is CEO and I believe chief investment officer as well of a um, ETF company called Arc Arc ETFs or Arc Arc something. Anyways, if people have heard about this, um, her ETFs did extremely well right after COVID. Extremely well for about a year and a half, two year period. Um, like the best ETFs uh, for technology, and they're all super futuristic technology companies, you know, NVIDIA did did really well, different things. Mm -hmm. Zoom was in there, hasn't done so well. Um, But anyways, so she did extremely well for, um, again, like I said, I think it was part of 2020, for about roughly a two-year period there, between 2020 and 2022. Um, 
However, I was reading an article the other day and I didn't know this about her. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she did extremely well. I found out about her because of those two years, never invested clients' money into any of her stuff. It was too aggressive and risky and not enough of a track record for my liking. Um, but her funds, I have since kind of followed and I'm like, they're doing terrible. And some of them actually were like the worst performers in their sector last year. So... You know, and again, no one's going to be the greatest when you're picking stocks every single year. Some it's very difficult to stay at top, but that's a huge discrepancy. So I was reading this article, and this is what blew my mind. Over the last 10 years, which includes her two absolutely amazing years up, her investments have destroyed $14 billion worth of net worth. Fort billion dollars of people's net worth over 10 years has been lost by having their money in the various ETFs. Yet she also is constantly being interviewed. And I saw one today. There's an article saying, oh, this is what Kathy Wood just bought a bunch of and she got out of this. And I say, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Maybe like, we should short that. <laughs> I, I, I there probably is one i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of etf out there that would do something like that but it again now i at least know this lady knows finances she's been in the financial industry working as uh i don't think she was ever like a financial planner but always on the stock picking uh investment analysis company analysis side I think she's actually quite a smart human being as well. And she can even get it wrong this many times and still be called an expert. So I'm using this to say, like, to go back to the original point of answering your question, which it's just really hard. It's just really hard because even I would have the least issue with Kathy Wood being called an expert of any of these three people. And even her, she has, her funds have, you know, uh, what was so, it? $14 billion. Where does she go wrong? Or where, is it just bad execution? Picking the wrong stocks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Picking the wrong stocks. Um, I mean, anything she has been deceptive or well, recently. No, oh, no, no, no. I, no, no. I am not implying that about her at all. Just, just poor choices. And, and maybe they'll turn out to be great. The future will, will only, because again, this is, she's different than these other people. Mm -hmm. Like, Two plus two in basics of finance is always four. And that's what the other two are, you know, Dave and, and Robert are teaching. They're teaching the basics of finance. Kathy's out there picking stocks and trying to say, I think this company's going to grow and do really well. And I think this one's not. So we need to get it out of there and whatever. And, but she has just been from when I first was introduced to her via her, her stocks do, or her ETFs doing so well right after the pandemic she hit on some that just skyrocketed and then they all fell back to earth. Like a lot of the meme stocks mm. and different things like that. Zoom, Zoom was one of them that was way up there and has come way back down. I mean, she had a bunch of those Pinterest, different things like that. And so since then, from what I have been following of her uh, investments, is she is continuing to stick to her guns that she is not wrong. Everyone else is wrong. 
and that's where you get into trouble and that's where you then have two years of amazing returns followed by three years of the worst returns um so but again i i i'm using her as an example of her etfs over a 10-year period have collectively lost uh or destroyed 14 billion of net worth of people yet the industry still asks her regularly what her opinion is on what things are going to be doing and it just doesn't make sense to me like there are people out there with way 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 better track records we should be asking them and i i just i don't know the answers to why these people continue to get interviewed other than they must just be amazing marketers yeah Yeah. so why stupid no stupid questions just stupid people um so (laughs) And I should probably know the answer to this question. Maybe it's so obvious that it's hard. But why do? Because you have a note here. Arc has lost fourteen billion over the last ten years. In the same time, the S and P has collectively been up approximately one seventy five, one hundred seventy five percent. So why do these things even exist? Why do these people exist? Why do these investment companies exist? Is it just so marketing of- and promising higher higher yields than something as simple as the S and P five hundred, yeah. or just it just blows oh, yeah, my yeah, mind. Like, yeah. So there are companies that do outperform. Right now, do they do it on a regular basis? No. You know, we've gone over the stats. It's a different episode. We, I don't know what number. People can go back and find that. You know, where we talk about active management versus passive management. Um, but there are companies that do it and do it at least well enough to stay in business. You know, a really long time. Um, Kathy is in business because enough people keep their money there. Right. But there are. I, I don't know the exact number because it varies every year, but it would shock you how many ETFs and or mutual funds close every year because they're not executed well or they're managed poorly or they're whatever it is and they lose, people take all their money out and then that's hmm. when you know the game's over for that company or at least that ETF or whatever it happens to be. So that's how they exist. It exists because there's still however many billions of dollars that she still manages. So do you want to start a hedge fund? <laughs> no, no. Because here, here, and, and again, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is, I know that this is self-serving, so I will state that, and for anyone that's a new listener, I try to state those things and state bias ahead of time, and I'm stating it right here so you, you know it's coming. That is an amazing question. Should I, do I want to start a hedge fund? Absolutely not, because that is not my expertise. My expertise is in financial planning. My expertise is in tax management, getting the right investment mix, not picking all those stocks. I don't want to run a company like that. That's not my. Mine is how do I help you as the individual or as the business owner or as the whatever achieve your financial goals through numerous areas of estate planning, financial planning, insurance planning, income planning, investments, all of that. And people, if you're trying to find someone, this would be a, a, a thing to look for in trying to find a, you know, someone to listen to. Like I said, it's self-serving here, but find someone that's willing to admit what areas they're not an expert in. Because hmm. then you know that they're being honest with you about it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't touch that. There are certain things I had. I had a, a person call the other day and I was like, no, I'm sorry. That's not my area of expertise, but let me get you to somebody that it is. 
I, I turn down business regularly because of that. Like you need to go to the people that are experts. You need to get information from the people that are experts and then make sure they're experts in the area that you need, right? I'm an expert in financial planning. If you break your arm, well, I'm an expert in it, but that doesn't help you. You need to go see an expert who's a doctor to fix that. So, um, and obviously that's a weird example because it's two different industries, but it's, it's breaks down, you know, medicine is so much easier. Everybody knows that one. If you break your arm, you go see a different doctor than if you're having, uh, cardiac surgery versus a different doctor. If you're having brain surgery versus a different doctor, uh, for ear, nose and throat, right? There are versus a different doctor. If you're having a baby, they are all specialists in their own areas. So you need to find your specialist for your area. Well said. Thank you. I think we want to end on that. I'm good with that. Any last we talked a lot. No, no, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I've, I'm about ready to break a sweat here. I feel like Rocky throwing all these jabs. All right. And, you know, if, if, if Dave, Robert, or Kathy are listening, we, <laughs> you know, welcome. Welcome. It's a safe welcome. space. You should probably it is probably email us, you know, at podcast at financially sharp dot com and, and Tanner will give you some advice. I won't do anything. Uh, <laughs> no. That, <laughs> oh. they're, they're running their business how they want to and I have I have every right to like or dislike it just like anybody else does. Yeah, Dave, if you're listening, we just share this on your 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 platforms we'd appreciate it uh, we hope this episode has been helpful maybe a little bit more uh fun uh, fun and lighthearted, lighthearted. as well uh thanks for listening as always if you haven't uh yet please like subscribe leave us a review uh if you have any questions or suggestions uh shoot us an email at podcast at financially sharp.com podcast at financially sharp.com check us out on youtube search financially sharp podcast don't forget to click that bell uh, and subscribe to our channel until the next episode friends stay financially sharp we'll see you in the next one this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions this podcast is not engaged in rendering legal tax financial or other professional services investment advisory services are offered through harmony wealth a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration if you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.